0: Good morning, everybody. Glad to see you're starting off the year in the right place. Thankful to see all of y'all this morning. For those of you who were here last week, thank you for sharing uh, Christmas together with us. My daughter, for one, is happy, and I'm sure most of you are happy that things are getting back to normal. Uh, This week, she was telling me, she's like, Dad, I'm excited to go to church because maybe this week I'll get to go back in the preschool. And I said, Well, you didn't enjoy sitting out and hearing Daddy preach. And she said, No, Dad, you talk too much. And so I was like, Hey, everybody else feels your pain. They got to sit through it every week. And that was even a short service, right? But but anyway, uh, so uh, we're gonna start off the year right in God's Word. Uh, We're gonna be in the Book of Genesis. And so I was gonna follow up last week's short sermon with the longest sermon I've ever preached. We're gonna start. And about chapter thirty-seven, and maybe all the way through chapter fifty, and and it's going to be fun. But uh, I, I just I want to uh, just tell you this morning that no no matter what happened in two thousand sixteen, that you could grow in twenty seventeen. I, I want to tell you that no matter what twenty-seven brings, that God can grow you and He can use you this coming year, and I want to show you that from. God's Word and through the life of Joseph. I, Joseph was a man who was the favorite son of a guy named Jacob. Jacob's the guy whose name was changed to Israel. Israel was the father, uh, Jacob was the father of Israel. He was the guy who had 12 sons who ended up being the 12 tribes of Israel. And he had some boys, and there was one of them that was his favorite you can imagine how that set with the other children. For those of you whose sibling is the favorite, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, there's this sense of jealousy. Uh, uh, you know, my brother experiences that. He, he's always jealous of how I'm the favorite. But anyway, so Joseph was the, the favorite. And uh, like his dad made him, you know, the, the coat of many colors. Joseph got the brand new Jordans. Everybody else wore hand-me-downs, right? I mean, that was their life. He sat at the house while the, the other guys did all the work. And so Joseph was not real liked by his brothers. And so God decides to help Joseph out and give him a dream. Joseph has a dream, and he goes and he tells his brother the dream. And the, and the whole point of the dream that God gave to Joseph is his brothers would bow down to him one day. So he's already the favorite. And then they, he comes and he says, Oh, by the way, God says one day you guys are going to serve me. I'm going to be y'all's boss. You can imagine how this set with his brothers. And so God gave him another dream. And in this dream, he finds out, he goes and he tells his dad, he says, basically, Dad, one day you and Mom are going to bow down to me too. And his dad's like, you need to keep that stuff to yourself, son, right? I mean, you're just causing me and yourself more problems. But he was just telling him what God had shown him. And so uh, Jacob sends Joseph's brothers off into the field to work while Joseph hung out at the house. After a little bit, Jacob says, Joseph, go make sure your brothers are working hard. (laughs) Go check on them. Make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so we come to Genesis 37 and verse uh, 18. uh, that The brothers seen from far off. Verse 18, they saw him from afar. And before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what, be, what will become of his dreams. I think I get a, a, a suspicion of why Joseph was the favorite, right? I mean, his brother sounds sound real nice. And so one of his brothers, the named Reuben, he's like, hey guys, let's not kill our brother. I mean, he's our brother. Let's throw him in a pit. Reuben's plan was to circle back around while the other brothers weren't looking and rescue his brother. So Reuben has him throw him in a pit, he leaves, and while he's gone we come to verse 26 of Genesis 37. 26 verse, uh, chapter 37, verse 26. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. And so Judas says, Hey guys, what a waste of money to kill our brother. Let's make some money off of this deal. I I mean, this is uh, Joseph's family. Super nice guys, right? Wouldn't you love to have a family like this? And so Joseph, because God gave him a dream, because his dad loved him, because he was simply... Outshining his brothers, is hated by his brothers. In fact, the, the Bible tells us that they couldn't even say anything nice to him. You know, your mom told you, "If you can't say nothing nice, don't say anything at all." They could have never said anything to Joseph. There was nothing nice they could say to him, all because he simply was a good son who God was going to use. And they ended up betraying their own brother. They ended up selling him into slavery. Joseph, yet you, can you imagine being Joseph at this point in his life? Can you imagine how tempting it must have been for him to become bitter, to become and, and say, say to God, God, why, why me? Why would you allow these things to take place in my life? Why would you allow these things to happen? I mean, that, all I was doing was sharing your word. All I was doing was sharing what you have shown me, and here I am in prison. I mean, here I am in slavery. I I don't know what 2016 held for you. I don't know if you were betrayed. I don't know if people hurt you. But I want to tell you this morning, Joseph knows what that's like. And so the question is, uh, are we going to become bitter or are we going to continue to serve God? Well, let's find out in chapter 39, beginning in verse 1. Chapter 39, beginning in verse 1. Now we're doing a huge Bible study, right? I tried to put the verses uh, for you all this morning so that you could follow along. But Genesis 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh the captain of the guard an Egyptian had brought him from the Ishmaelites had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there the lord was with joseph and he became a successful man and he was in the house of his egyptian master so not only is joseph not forgotten he's actually flourishing not only is joseph not someone god has placed on the back burner and lost sight of, God is actually still working in his life. He is still using him. Joseph is still being used of God. In fact, God is causing him to grow. He's causing him to experience blessing uh, even as he is a slave. Even as he is someone who is owned by someone else, he is still growing. Guys, if Joseph can grow in that soil, soil, we can grow wherever we are planted. We can flourish wherever we are. You see, Joseph was simply faithful to God and God remained faithful to him. And so Joseph ends up running Potiphar's house. The only difference between Potiphar and Joseph is Potiphar owned the house. Joseph's the one who's in charge and so he's flourishing and he's growing and things are going great. So surely now his life's going to be good and he's going to fulfill his dreams and everything's going to work out awesome. Right? Because when we do what God tells us to do, everything works out perfectly. Well, Potiphar had a why. And Joseph was a good-looking dude apparently because Potiphar's wife gets the hots for him and begins to pursue him. And we come to verse 8 of Genesis 39 to, to the answer that his master's wife uh, advances, but he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, Nor has he kept anything back from me, anything except uh, for you, because you are his wife. But then listen to Joseph's motives, guys. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph understands that his first priority is to serve the Lord. Here he is in a land where he's been sold into slavery, betrayed by his own uh, family, and his answer to a, w- a woman's advance is, I'm not going to sin against my God. I will not be unfaithful to him. But she keeps after him. She continues after him. One day they're in the house alone together. She pursues him again. But we come to verse 12 of Genesis 39. She caught him by his garment saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And so he fled temptation so quick, he left his coat is closed with her because he would rather run out uh, without his, his jacket or whatever it was that she had a hold of than be caught up in that temptation. This is a man who we, we can look at and say, man, that's, that's the way we ought to live. We ought to flee youthful lust. We ought to flee those temptations as Paul tells us to in, in the New Testament. And so Joseph does what, what we ought to do. He's made the best out of a bad situation. He continues to be tempted. He continues to have people try and draw him away from the Lord. And his response is to flee from those people, his response is to run away from those people. So, what happens next? Surely he gets a reward for being a faithful man and doing what God has called him to do. Well, no, his Potiphar's wife decides to lie. And she tells all the men in the house, she tells everybody in the house, that Joseph tried to have his way with her. In fact, when her husband gets home, she tells him the same thing. And Potiphar believes her, and so he has Joseph thrown into prison. So his reward for being someone faithful to God's Word, someone being faithful to God's call on his life, someone saying, I'm not going to betray my God, is to be thrown into prison. Guys, you ever feel like you can't win for losing? Like no matter what you do, it seems like it makes things worse. May, you know, maybe that was your year. Maybe people lied about you and slandered you and, and talked bad about you even though you did everything you were supposed to do. Joseph would say, I feel your pain. I've been there. I mean, surely at this point, he's got to be bitter, right? Surely at this point, he's got to say, God, I, you know, I don't know if I can serve you. I mean, look at all these terrible things that have happened to me. But, but Joseph does what we ought to do. He doesn't become bitter. He becomes better over and over again. He serves the Lord faithfully. We come to verse 21 of Genesis 39. Here Joseph is in prison. And we read verse 21 of Genesis 39. But the Lord was with Joseph. God hasn't left him. And showed him steadfast love. Showed him faithfulness. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in, prison, in the prison. So whatever happened there, Joseph's the one who's in charge. Joseph's the one who's calling the shots. Wherever Joseph goes, he ends up being the leader because God is with him. God is using him. God is blessing him. Uh, everywhere he goes, God lifts him up. He causes him to be the leader. The, the cream rises to the top, so to speak, through God's faithfulness. God has not left him, God has not abandoned him. Joseph continues to grow no matter where he's planted, he continues to, to grow no matter where he goes. Now, was this his dream? To one day be running the prison as a prisoner, pretty sure that's not what he was hoping for when God gave him that dream originally. But God is continuing to work in his life. He's continuing to use him. And so it's not long before a couple of officials of the king get themselves in trouble. The chief baker and the chief cupbearer. The baker would have apparently been in charge of baking, right? of cooking. And the chief cupbearer would have been in charge of making sure nobody poisoned the the pharaoh and nobody got to him. And so these were two important guys who apparently did something that the pharaoh didn't like and so he had them thrown into prison. While they're in prison, they have a dream. The the baker has a dream, the cupbearer has a dream. They go to Joseph and they say, hey man, what does this dream mean? And so he says, I'll I'll tell you what it means. I'll show you what it means because God is going to show me. And so he tells the uh, baker, he says... Uh, your dream, or he, first he tells the cupbearer, cup he says, you know, your, your dream means that Pharaoh's going to restore you and you're going to find yourself back where you were, restored to your position. He's like, that's awesome, that's great. The baker's like, that sounds good, what about me, man? He says, eh, the king's going to you know, hang you from a tree and kill you. Oh, <laughs> you know, thanks a lot, buddy. But, but he looks at the cupbearer and he says, when you get out of here, when you are restored, remember me. Get me out of this pit. I'm tired of being here. Get me out of here. But we read in Genesis chapter 40, verse 23, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. So Joseph does good things for other people and nobody notices. He's taken for granted and forgotten. You ever feel that way? Joseph sure would have. Here he is forgotten down in the pit, down in prison. He's helped this guy out. And all he gets for it is being forgotten. But that doesn't matter. God's still at work. Because you see, he gives Pharaoh, the king, a dream. And in this dream, uh, he shows him all these things that scare Pharaoh. And so he's looking to find somebody who can interpret the dream for him. Nobody in his land can interpret the dream. The cupbearer hears him talking about it. He's like, oh, yeah. Man, I forgot to tell you something. You ever have that happen to you? I forgot to tell you that when I was in prison, we won't talk about why I was there. You know, like, yeah, you remember when you were mad at me. Um, I met a guy named Joseph who was able to interpret my dream. I bet you he can help you out. So Pharaoh has him come up. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream and and tells Pharaoh this. He says, listen, God has shown you what he's about to do. He's going to give you seven awesome years of harvest followed by seven terrible years of famine. Take those seven years of great harvest and store it up to make it through the seven years of famine. You need somebody to run that for you. And Pharaoh says, you're the man. You're going to do this because you, you have the Spirit of God. He tells the people around him, he says, who else could we find that has the Spirit of God in them? And so we come to Genesis 41, verse 40. And you shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot. And they called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. And so Pharaoh goes on and he says in verse 44, Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh and without your consent no one shall lift up hand or foot. In all the land of Egypt. he says you're second in charge of the the nation of Egypt. You're basically the second most powerful man in the world. The difference between me and you is I sit on the throne. Same thing Potiphar told him. Same thing that happened in prison. God has a way of raising Joseph up, uh, of restoring him and giving him positions of leadership, positions of importance to help other people out. So Joseph goes into slavery at 17 and at 30, He's number two in the nation of Egypt. One of the greatest nations in the world at that time. He gets some some, uh, ring, you know, he gets some new bling, right? He's got fancy clothes. He gets to ride in the parades behind the king. You know, he's got a new ride. People bow down wherever he goes. When he speaks, they listen. When he says jump, they don't even question how high. They just jump as high as they can. Like, I mean, he's an important guy. He's been betrayed, falsely accused, forgotten, and now we see him flourishing but he still remembers and grows in his relationship with the Lord. Verse 50 of chapter 41 of Genesis. Genesis 41:50 Before the year of famine came two sons were born to Joseph. Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bore them to him. Joseph called them the name called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. Joseph says, I've moved on. I'm not going to continue living in the past. I'm going to let go of the grudges. I've been holding the anger. I've been holding the pain. I've been holding the stuff that happened yesterday. is not going to affect me today. I've forgotten all the terrible things that have happened to me because God has been so good to me. God has taken care of me through everything that has taken place in my life. Guys, can you imagine if we had this mindset and attitude of, you know what, no matter what's taken place in the past, I'm moving on, and I'm going to serve the Lord because He is good, because He is faithful. What if in 2017 you approached it not with, look at all the terrible things that happened to me in 2016, but instead you approached it with, I'm I'm moving into the future. Just because yesterday was terrible doesn't mean it has to destroy my today. Just because yesterday people did me wrong doesn't mean I I can't serve God today and I can't be happy today. I mean, had he shut down, had he given up, had he become bitter instead of becoming better, what would have ever come of Joseph? Had he stopped obeying the Lord, had he stopped being faithful to the Lord, what would have happened to Joseph? We probably wouldn't be reading about him, right? But he continued moving forward. He wasn't going to allow yesterday to destroy his today. But he has another son, his son named Ephraim. We read about him in verse 52. He says the, the, the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Egypt was not his home. God, being second in command of Pharaoh for Joseph was not the payoff. Like This is not his dream. God, th- this is not what his hope is in. He may have had more money and stuff than everybody else in Egypt except for Pharaoh, but that's not good enough for Joseph. He has something else in mind. You notice he calls Egypt the land of his affliction, the land of his trouble, the land of his pain. Because it's not the promised land. He's not with God's people. He's not with the people who God has put his gaze upon. He's not with the people who God has put his favor upon. The wife that he's been given uh, is given to him from someone who worships a false god. He he lives far from the people of God. This for him is the land of affliction. All the money in the world can never make up for not being in the promised land. Because he understands something that I think we probably need to get. See, it doesn't matter how good 2016 was to you financially and material. The question is, how good was it spiritually? Because we can have all the stuff in the world This land of our affliction. But if it takes our mind and our attention off of the promised land, if it takes our mind and attention off of heaven, off of our Savior, off of His goodness, off of His grace, man, it's such a waste. We can have a new car, new bling, new whatever. None of that's going to fix us. None of that's going to satisfy us. The only thing that truly satisfies us is the person of Jesus Christ, growing in our relationship with Him. Joseph does not allow the stuff in the land of affliction to take his eyes off of the prize, which is the promised land a place where God's people were headed. Maybe the best thing that could happen to you in 2017 is for you to to stop trusting in and hoping in all the things God has blessed you with and be reminded that He's the one that we're to hope in. He's the one where we find true happiness. And so Joseph doesn't allow this stuff to get in the way of his relationship with his God. (coughs) And so now we come to chapter 50. I told you we were going to chapter 50. That was the introduction. Now we're going to get into the sermon, but... uh, so Joseph ends up with this. Someone thought it was a joke, at least one person. No, nobody else thought that was a joke. Y'all are really serious this morning. But anyway, so Joseph... Uh, <laughs> it was a joke, I promise. We, we won't be here much longer. Another 30, 45 minutes. And so, uh, Joseph, uh, we find out in chapter 50 what happens with this family. What happens when he finally sees his brothers and his father again? And, and guys, I really encourage you to go home today, read this whole section of Scripture because it, you see all these everything things take place. But for time's sake, when you come to chapter 50, uh, Joseph's brothers, his father, everybody has come down to Egypt with their families and guess what? They all bowed down before him. They, they all came in and begged him for food because the famine is, is strong in the land and there's no food anywhere else. And so they have to come to Egypt, Joseph's number two guy. Everybody has to come through Joseph to get food. And so his brothers come in and they bow before him and ask him for food. And and so they come down, his dad comes down. And so they're all in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh gives them a place to settle, land of Goshen. But then Jacob, Joseph's dad, dies. And they have his funeral. And and they bury him. And they're mourning for him. Joseph is, is mourning the passing of his father. He's mourning the fact that his father has gone on. Then we come to verse 15 in Genesis 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us. That Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. I understand they messed up. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. So basically, after everything they've done to hurt Joseph, they try one more trick to try and get out of what they had done. And they, and they say, oh, by the way, we're reading Dad's will, and like there's this note in there for you not to kill us. Like he, he didn't want you to, to, to take us out for everything we did. And so would you please not kill us? And it says that Joseph wept. His heart is again broken. His heart is again broken up over his brothers who still don't get it, who still don't understand. And so so we come to verse 18. In his response, we see the guiding uh, principle of Joseph's life. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear. For am I in the place of God? Is it up to me to pass out the judgment of God? No, it's not. He says, as for you, in verse 20, as for you, you meant evil against me. Yeah, y'all were pretty terrible. (laughs) But God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph takes the big picture approach to his life. He says, you guys were terrible. You had these terrible intentions, but I serve a God that's so big, so powerful, so amazing. He takes the worst of intentions and brings out the greatest good. He continuously... If there's no other story in the Bible, if there's no other account in the Bible uh, that, that shows us this in someone's life... Uh, Than Romans eight, you know where God, where Paul says all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Joseph exemplifies this for us. God worked in Joseph's life for His purpose, for God's purpose, not Joseph's purpose, for His purpose to bring about good. Now, so often we get messed up and we get twisted because we think it's about our purpose, right? We think that God is, exists to serve our purpose. But the truth is, Joseph gets it. He understands it's not about his purpose. It's about God's purpose. And so he looks at his brothers and he says, you did your worst, but in it, God was doing his best. In it, God was bringing about the salvation of all these people who aren't starving to death because of the fact of what evil you did. Because he used what you did. To bring about the salvation of the people of Egypt. To bring about our salvation. And he preserved the line through which he would bring the Savior. So he preserved eternal salvation through what these wicked evil men did. Joseph says, God's picture is much bigger than me. I don't hate you for it. I ain't mad at you. I forgive you. In fact, verse 21, so do not fear. I will provide for you and your little one. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. He says, I'm going to take care of you and your families. You don't owe me nothing. I'm going to do this out of the kindness of my heart. Not because you all have anything to offer me because you came down here empty. Not because you've done anything kind to me because you sure ain't. Remember, their, their response to Joseph was, we don't even have anything nice to say to you. Yet here Joseph is in the position of power, the position of authority to kill them, speaking kindly to them. See, Joseph grew in spite of being betrayed, in spite of being lied about, in spite of being forgotten, forsaken, and, and taken for granted. In spite of all of this, he clings on to God. Because he knows no matter what else people do, God is with him. God is working in his life. He grew in God's grace and in his favor and in his faith in God, no matter what, where he was planted. Guys, in 2017, you can grow no matter what happens, no matter what takes place in your life because God is good and God is working in your life to bring about good according to his purpose. Now, as I talk about Joseph, I, I don't know about y'all, but as I'm listening to Joseph, I'm thinking, I will never measure up to that. When I look at 2016, I, I don't know if I look so much like Joseph or his brothers or, you know, like, like so often when we think about our life, we think about of how far we fall short of this ideal. How far we fall short of fleeing temptation, of acting out in jealousy or in anger. How when people do us wrong, rather than showing kindness, we show hatred. We do try and punish them. We do try and take the place of God. You see, Joseph for us shows us the ideal, but ultimately we'll never measure up. You can see there was someone else who, much like Joseph, was betrayed. Someone else, much like Joseph, was treated falsely, or accused falsely, and ultimately was executed under false pretenses, though he never did anything wrong. See, God sent his own son, Jesus, because the truth of the matter is we can never be Joseph all the time. The truth of the matter is we can never live up to this standard. We have all fallen short. We have all come up short in our desire to be like our Father, to be faithful to him. We have all been unfaithful to him. Jesus looks at us. He, he died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he didn't die because he'd done anything. Because, but because we have sinned. Because we have come up short. Not because he was guilty, but because we are. But he didn't stay dead, did he? No, he rose again. He rose from the grave. And as he rose from the grave, he said, All those who believe in me, I offer to them eternal life. I offer to them a new life. Life to live a, a, a new life. A, the, the power to live a new life through the gospel. You see, you know, the way that Joseph treated his brothers is the way that Jesus treats us. In spite of the fact we've taken him for granted, in spite of the fact we we turn our back on him, in spite of the fact we've betrayed him, time after time after time, he looks at us and he says, I will take care of you. And I'll take care of you, not physically, but spiritually, for all eternity. If you'll follow me, if you'll trust in me, I'll give you heaven. Not the land of Goshen, heaven. I'll give you the true promised land. And so this morning, if if you've never put your faith in Christ, if you've never believed on Him, He offers to you eternal life freely. And no matter what you've done, no matter how guilty you are, He offers to you free and, uh, and full salvation in Him through what He has done. If you'll turn to Him, if you'll put your faith in Him. And if you are a believer, if you have trusted on Christ and you look back over the last year and you say, God, where are you? Look at all those things that have happened and say, God, how are you growing me in that? How are you giving me opportunity to flourish where I'm planted? If you would, stand with us. And as you stand, I'm going to pray for us. And as I pray, would you ask the Lord to show you where He wants you to grow this morning, to show you how He would have you to grow in this new year? And if you've never trusted on Him, would you trust on Him this morning? Let's pray. Father, I I thank You. Lord, I thank You for Your grace. God, I thank You for Your love. I thank You for Your mercy. Lord, we know that we fall short. God, we know that when it comes to serving you, God, we we come up short every day. But God, we know that in your grace and your mercy you've sent us Jesus. And so Lord, I pray that we would cling to Jesus this morning. God, I pray that you'd show everyone here this morning your awesome power, your awesome grace, and your awesome mercy. And Lord, I pray that we would be able to live in that in this new year. God, that we'd be able to live in your grace and mercy and show that to all those that we, we come in contact with. Lord, be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come as we sing?